RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. The ANZ Journal of Surgery is a prestigious publication having served the surgical community in Aotearoa, New Zealand and Australia for close to 100 years. The task of sifting through article submissions is not an easy one. It takes time, lots of it, and meticulous care to review the steady stream of submissions and edit those articles which have made the grade. The decision-making comes down to the editor-in-chief. Today, that job belongs to Professor Julian Smith, who's held the role since 2019, the 13th person to do so. Professor Smith describes the journal's submissions process with some tips on how to get your article in print in a moment. First, Chris Ashmore asks Professor Smith to provide some of the history of the ANZ Journal of Surgery. The journal um, was first published in uh, 1931, obviously as a print issue, and uh, it was set up as a record of uh, college activity, and in particular to publish articles to further the art and science of all of surgery. And so since that time, there have been 92 volumes and 645 issues of uninterrupted publication. Currently, the journal is published by Wiley, one of the biggest publishing companies in the world. And in 2022, we commenced exclusive online publication. So there was no more print or consumption of paper and implications for our environment. And the journal is considered a highly respected and internationally considered surgical journal. Now, I understand you've had an illustrious career as a cardiothoracic surgeon and the head of two departments at uh, Monash University and Monash Health. Why then, why did you also aspire to be the editor-in-chief of this journal? Well, I've had a long-term interest in surgical publishing. Throughout my career, I have been involved in uh, the publication of several books, numerous book chapters, a large number of original articles. And I have served over many years as a specialty editor for cardiothoracic surgery and subsequently as the deputy editor-in-chief of the ANZ Journal. And um, I felt it was a uh, natural progression to put my hand up when the position became available I had great uh, respect and uh, mentoring from Professor John Harris, who uh, was my predecessor, and he particularly encouraged me to apply for the position. And um, fortunately, uh, I was uh, successful. But I do have an overall interest in the academic uh, activity of all of surgery not only my own specialty, and therefore uh, taking on this role, that was an important component, that the journal is for all of surgery and not just uh, a small number of specialties. 
And I have been in the position now for almost four years and um, have really enjoyed the role. No regrets. Well, that's good to hear. Well, it's not an easy thing to do what you do, but tell me, what is a day in the life of an editor-in-chief like? Well, I receive all the submissions to the journal, irrespective of the type of article. They are initially screened by our editorial office to make sure they comply with the uh, requirements, but uh, they eventually all come my way. I need to skim read them, to be perfectly honest, and uh, ensure that they are suitable. And then I allocate uh, each of them to one of our specialty editors. And we have specialty editors in each of the surgical specialties and in numerous specific disciplines within surgery. And these individuals are extraordinarily knowledgeable and they handle the individual submissions in getting reviews done and then uh, making a decision about the uh, article. They are then returned to me, so I receive uh, numerous decisions. I then have to make a decision myself and look in the vast majority that decision is based upon that of the specialty editor and then uh, that is conveyed uh, to the authors and uh, I might be doing six to ten of those a day. We receive nearly two and a half thousand articles each year and so there is a fair load for myself and our specialty uh, editors. In addition, uh, I have to compile the monthly issues and uh, I'm assisted by the publisher and uh, select certain articles to be included each month. I also communicate with various authors, uh, editors, reviewers and of course the publisher on matters pertaining to the journal. Uh, Fortunately, it's all done online and the systems established by the publisher are pretty efficient. One of the things we do struggle with is um, having uh, sufficient reviewers and occasionally the times for review and a decision are more lengthy than we would um, ideally uh, desire but we're cognizant of the fact that all our editors and uh, reviewers are volunteers, they have busy careers and activities And so um, we are cognizant of those issues in handling the articles. And uh, we do apologise to the authors if there is an excessive uh, delay in uh, making a decision. So it's a very day-to-day activity, but most of it can be done online, which is very convenient. For anyone listening who wants to submit an article to the journal, then what's your advice? Do you have any um, tips on what they should do and any watchouts that they should know about? Well, I think the number one tip is to follow the author guidelines uh, for the journal published on our website. Those guidelines are very clear for each uh, specific article. And uh, many reasons for rejection, either by the editorial office or 
by uh, myself or the specialty editors are based on a lack of compliance with the author guidelines. And things like word limits is one particular area and it's quite easy to follow the guidelines um, as they are published. Authors can communicate with the editorial office or the editors in advance of uh, submitting an article if they have any queries about its uh, suitability. And the various style of article that we offer needs to be followed closely as per the uh, author guidelines. And um, every day I'm making comments back to authors about following the guidelines. So that, that will be the number one watch out. Right. Well, are there any particular papers that you are looking for? And um, why do you think it's important for someone to be published? Well, we're, we're looking for all types of submission, as indicated in the author guidelines, from authors of all seniority and geographical location. In particular, we publish uh, perspectives, uh, review articles, original articles, and we have a section called Images for Surgeons. And uh, this is one that creates a little bit of difficulty because we want to focus on the image and the learning points from such. In particular, we do not wish to publish case reports. So we often get submissions around case reports which have little or no imaging that provides learning points for our readers. There are many other journals um, in the surgical domain that publishes uh, pure case reports. It is um, important to be published. Um, it reflects one of the College of Surgeons' uh, competencies of being a scholar and a teacher. And uh, there are requirements for our trainees to publish. And the part of a surgical career is to continue to contribute to the surgical literature. Now, not all surgeons will publish frequently or in depth, but most surgeons will have some publication record uh, throughout their career. And we feel the journal provides an excellent local venue for publications, particularly out of Australia and New Zealand, but also internationally. And um, as I said, it's one of the college's desires that surgeons are active to some degree in the domain of uh, publishing. Well, since your time as uh, Editor-in-Chief, have there been any particularly memorable submissions to the journal? A anything that stands out to you? Well, I think in the last few years, there have been numerous uh, pivotal articles uh, relating to the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, our most cited article in recent times was um, one written by the uh, Deputy Chief Medical Officer, uh, Nick Coatesworth, um, early on in the pandemic. But we've had several high-level articles from uh, surgeons, uh, particularly in uh, New South Wales um, and Victoria. 
and also articles from the majority of surgical specialties covering an, an aspect of uh, the pandemic as it impacted uh, their practice. Another group of articles that we're particularly proud of are those based upon the ANZ Journal of Surgery lecture that is given annually at the annual scientific congress. And in recent times, there have been lectures and articles on um, surgery and climate change, also on uh, surgical innovation, and uh, just in the last month or so, an article on issues uh, pertaining to the Rural Health Equity Strategic Plan of the college. And each of these articles, uh, as I said, was based on the ANZ Journal of Surgery lecture and we published them as what we call a special article where it can be a standalone and um, the format of that article can be uh, quite variable, but we consider it important to give it that status. I should also mention that the number of submissions to the journal increased by 50% during the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, when I began the role, we had about 1,500 per year, and now we're getting well over two to two and a half thousand articles per year. And in 2022, it appears to be holding up at that level as the pandemic uh, dissipates internationally. If there's close to 2,000 submissions a year, how many do you actually publish a year? We publish about 60% of them. We have a fairly constant rejection rate of around 40% for a variety of reasons, but overall it's a it's a 60% publication rate. Right. Now, all RACS members have access, free access to the monthly journal. Now, of course, everybody's busy. They might not have the time to read it through cover to cover each edition, but um, why would you recommend surgeons keep up to date with new journal articles? Well, I've already referred to the RAC's competency of being a scholar and teacher. And another uh, surgical philosophy is that a surgical career involves lifelong learning. And also surgeons are required to comply with continuing professional development for registration. And so the journal really fulfills these requirements. We strive to publish articles for all of surgery. So every issue has something that we feel will be of interest um, to a practicing surgeon. Now, obviously, our fellows and trainees are busy and uh, certainly the online publication and the online delivery of our table of contents allows surgeons to scan the content and to read and or download articles of interest. And so the feedback I've received following our exclusive online publication has been very positive because of the convenience of scanning and ability to focus on articles of interest. 
we always have general articles um, for the whole surgical community. Then we have groups of specialty specific articles and we try to publish them in a group and there might be uh, four or five articles pertaining to a given surgical specialty. We can't publish for every specialty in every issue because we don't get enough from some of the um, specialties. But when we do, we try and provide a group of articles that may be of interest to a given surgeon. And so the scanning process isn't necessarily fruitless and uh, there's likely to be something um, of interest. Well, just curious, Julian, what articles have been trending in the journal most recently? And is there an, an exciting emerging field of research we should be taking notice of? Well, I think um, I've already referred to the, uh, the COVID articles, and um, I think they were trending big time, and they're still trending. We are fairly selective about the ones that we publish because a lot of the material has already been published in our journal or others, but we are very interested in the local impacts and um, we give all of them a close uh, consideration because we consider ourselves an important uh, venue for local publications. In terms of surgical um, innovation and emerging fields, I think one of the areas is minimally invasive and robotic-assisted surgery. This is um, continuing to evolve. It is becoming more mainstream in uh, many surgical specialties. And uh, we have published uh, groups of articles. Uh, Last year, we had a group of articles on uh, robotics, which covered uh, across many surgical specialties. And uh, we're continuing to receive them on a regular basis. And one particular specialty is that of colorectal surgery. And um, we still receive a lot of articles in that area. But as I've emphasised, we are trying to maintain interest and publications for all of surgery. You've been involved with the journal for a few years now as editor-in-chief, but uh, what about the future? Not just the next few years, but say five or ten years. Any ambitions? An important ambition is to ensure that we continue to be viable and serve an important role uh, for the surgical community. And I'm confident that that will occur and that we continue to publish high quality and high impact articles. Our impact factor has uh, risen uh, steadily over the last uh, few years and we will continue to address um, contemporary and emerging issues um, within surgery. The online publication uh, has been um, extraordinarily successful so far and uh, obviously the convenience for our readers and also the um, impact on the environment has been uh, very positive. We would continue to strive for widespread readership and to receive submissions from uh, outside uh, Australia and New Zealand. Surgical publishing will continue to thrive 
and I'm confident that our journal will be a key player going forward in the uh, surgical uh, publication landscape. Well, Julian, before we go, any final thoughts you'd like to share? In closing, I wish to uh, sincerely thank all those who contribute to the activities of our journal. In particular, Professor Zolt Balog, the uh, Deputy Editor-in-Chief, for his ongoing support and for managing many of the COVID-19 related submissions that we've had over the last few years. Also, thanks to members of the editorial board, a number who shouldered a really significant load of uh, submissions. We definitely can't function without our dedicated reviewers who volunteer their time in diligently assessing the various submissions. The editorial office and production team at our outstanding publishers, Wiley, and the support of the College Council are acknowledged. And most importantly, the author's contributing articles. The journal is only as good as the articles it receives, and it's truly an honour and a privilege for me to serve in this role. Professor Julian Smith. RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.